0: Amber Levine is a mom from the state of Maine who was shocked to discover a breast binder in her 13-year-old daughter's bedroom. She was further stunned to learn where her daughter got the binder from and that her daughter was told to keep it a secret from her parents. Well, when the truth was revealed, Amber had only one recourse and that was to file a lawsuit. Amber and her attorney are joining us next. Welcome to the moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carlitis, your host. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We love it when the mamas come by our podcast. So right here at the top of the show, I always want to remind everyone, would you please like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff here for our podcast. We really, really want to get this information out on a weekly basis. Also to the moms that are listening and watching, uh, if you haven't joined the movement here at Moms for America, you need to join the movement here. We're the ultimate support group for conservative moms all across the country. We are moms uniting together, fighting for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. So please, moms, check us out at momsforamerica.us, momsforamerica.us. Also, um, when you're there, sign up for our newsletters, sign up for everything. We have so many resources available to you. Uh, our mamas. Also, if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, please email me at podcast at moms for I would love to hear from you and get your feedback and your suggestions. Alrighty, moms. Okay, on to today's program. Well, moms, we really do want to believe, right, that the schools we send our kids to every day are partnering with us, don't we? Yeah, we do. (laughs) But more and more, we hear stories of schools hiding important information from the parents. This is the subject of today's program. Amber Levine is a mom who discovered that her 13-year-old daughter's school was keeping, and I'm not just saying keeping, they were hiding critical information about her. Now, yes, there is a lawsuit. Amber and her attorney from the Goldwater Institute are joining us today to talk about this situation. Well, special welcome to Amber and Adam to the Moms for America podcast. Thank you both for joining us. We so appreciate it. Thanks for having Thank us. You for having us. Well, listen, just real quickly before we get going here, Adam, I'll start with you real quick before I get to Amber, because I'll let her take us on her journey. Are you a father yourself? Because we'd love to know about everybody's families here in the Moms for America podcast.
1: I am. I'm a dad of uh, two young kids, so an almost three-year-old and an almost one-year-old. So very, very busy life
0: busy (laughs) times good so you're you're a father and an attorney and you know exactly how important this issue is for moms all across america um amber let's let's hear a little bit about your family in general and then we'll get into the story okay
2: sure uh so i have three kids myself i have a 13 year old girl i have a four-year-old and a two-year-old boy Um, we live on the coast of Maine. I own a mental health agency here on the coast and, uh, yeah, we, we love living in Maine for the most part, other than the political battles
0: we've currently been going through. Yeah. Some, this is a tough story, but, um, Crazy enough, this is happening all across the country. That's why this is is such an important story. And very inspirational is you as a mom for taking on this issue. Um, So I know this is all about protecting your daughter. Um, Tell us a little bit about who she is, um, just as a person, and then we'll get into her story.
2: Sure. She's a super bright Little bit quirky, super fun, uh, little girl. She went to a, a wonderful outdoor place-based education school for most of her elementary education. Um, she thrived there. Uh one of her favorite teachers always talked about her as being unapologetically herself, which was always so true when she was a little girl. And she was just this vibrant, you know, super fun kid. Um, unfortunately, as she's hit adolescence and kind of dove into this ideology she's she's been struggling a little bit with her mental health um so we're working on that right now but uh we've been homeschooling and that's been going really well academically she does wonderfully anyway uh so we've been focusing on that
0: yeah Well, we know that it's a a tough culture right now to raise kids. We know that the influences are of of social media and uh, every imaginable uh, cultural uh, issue is coming at our kids like with guns loaded. Um, Mm. Tell us what happened um, in your home here when you were cleaning your, your daughter's room. Um, you found something and, and all of a sudden we're really alarmed because um this is something you didn't know about. And I know that you and your daughter were close, but sometimes our kids just do not tell us um their deepest secrets, unfortunately.
2: Sure, so we were uh, as a whole family down in her bedroom, cleaning to prep her room for she and her stepfather to paint the following day. And we found a a breast binder in her room. And I fought with myself on kind of how to approach her with this, she had a school dance that evening and then we were uh, slated to go to a local uh, theater to watch a, a play. And so I decided I was gonna take her to the dance and let her have fun at the dance. And then when I picked her up, I would discuss it with her. So that's what I did. And she initially told me that a friend gave it to her. And, um, I said, I want you to think long and hard about this as we watch the play tonight, because I am going to reach out to your friend's mom. Mm-hmm. When we left the play on our ride home, she said, mom, I have to tell you something. This friend did not give this, this binder to me. It was actually the school. It was, it was a social worker at the school And, um, yeah, and it blew my mind. Um, and initially I thought, um, so she was working with a female social worker at the school, um, at the end of her seventh grade year. And I had been in touch with that social worker, um, at the beginning of her eighth grade year. Uh, and um, apparently at some point she was switched from that social worker to this other male social worker. He is the one who provided not just the one breast binder, but I discovered a second about a month later. And she said that he had given them both to her at the same time. So
0: I'm guessing as a mom, you knew that there were some issues at hand. Uh, You were trying to deal with this at home, um, not knowing that your daughter is discussing, you know, very sensitive issues at school. No one is letting you know. And actually what they're doing is they are affirming. And cultivating this gender uh, fluidity or however we want to, there's many terms for this right now, but this yeah. is happening at the school. Uh, so you said to your daughter, okay, it almost would have been better if a friend would have gave it to her because you know how yes. young <laughs> kids are, right? Now we've exactly. got a grown adult stepping into your parenting and mm-hmm. um, kind of pushing this along with her. What happens when you get to the school? I do want to get to, to Adam here, but I do want us to just set up the situation so Adam can really talk about where what parents can do. What did you do when you went to the school? What did you say? I am sure you had an appointment there the next day I'm asking sure. so, what is it- going on.
2: It was a Friday evening when this occurred. So that evening I sent an email to both the superintendent and the principal, uh, just raising concern. The principal initially um, wrote back an email asking me what the binder contained thinking that it was a three-ring binder. I don't know if that was a genuine thought of hers or if that was just her kind of trying to comb over the issue. Uh, But Monday afternoon, I did meet with the superintendent and the principal. They were incredibly empathetic in that first meeting, Uh, told me that they'd be meeting with the social worker the following day. And I said, I want to have a a follow-up meeting with you after you meet with him. That follow-up meeting happened on Wednesday and they essentially said, we're not investigating this any further. He did nothing wrong. Um, They refused to release records Um, of conversations between she and this male social worker initially stating that my daughter asked to keep them private. I asked for a follow-up meeting with my daughter and her uncle, my brother, to request that those records be released to me. They then pivoted and said that it was actually FERPA that they were referencing and that I could not obtain those records. I still don't have my hands on those records. Mm. Um, And so I spoke at a school board meeting and the only comment Beyond that was, thank you for your comment. Nobody from the school board reached out to kind of help work through these things. And I, of course, pulled my child and began homeschooling. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) simple answer confusing situation and here you you still have the heart and soul of your daughter right so adam are we seeing we're going to go further on this story here but it, it i'm sure you are shocked about how this is happening all across the country where these secret discussions are happening uh in schools and not letting parents know again and your daughter your daughter was how old again
2: she had turned uh 13 a month prior to the breast binders being given okay. to her
0: So again, we've got a child uh, having these discussions at the school. What are you seeing across the country, Adam?
1: You know, unfortunately, we're seeing things very similar to this where um, this issue is coming up more and more and schools um, are trying to figure out how they're going to deal with it. And unfortunately, many times, the way schools have decided to deal with it is by cutting out parents and by having conversations and making decisions directly with children and not involving in parents or at least even notifying parents mm-hmm. that those decisions are being made. Um, you know, fortunately for, for Amber and parents across the country, there is, you know, we have a constitution and the Supreme Court has time and time again held that uh, the U.S. Constitution protects the right of parents to control and direct the education, uh, bringing in healthcare decisions of their kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems very common sense. It seems like you would contact a parent. But again, now you are not made aware of it. And then you were not even allowed to really get in the discussion on, because it was private. I love this. I love it when they tell parent, I don't love it. You know what I mean? Nothing is private to a parent, especially when it's their child. Um. So after you've gone down the road on this, like to Adam's point here, you know, you know that you're the parent, you know that the constitution is behind you and the school, were they doing more? Were they backing off on this or were they holding their ground? What was their, what was their, plan with you
2: um so they kind of stopped contacting me altogether right like I said the the school board didn't really react to um my my questions when when I spoke at the school board meeting there were a couple of very unfortunate bomb threats at the local school a couple of letters were released basically blaming me for for those threats they essentially were were attempting to bully me into silence at, at that point I do believe um you know it it's been a difficult. This is a very small community; under two thousand people live in this community, and so okay. they were trying to paint a, a picture of me with very broad strokes, so that the oh, community sure. never worked to a certain degree. Um, fortunately, I, I have broad shoulders, and I'm okay with that. Um, they also called Child Protective Services on on me, um, and
0: thankfully for what for what um, were they calling? For, the- so um, they went, a bad mom.
2: Yeah, for emotionally abusing my child was was the allegation. Uh, thankfully, the worker came into my home. She spent two and a half hours, I'd say, in my home interviewing my family. And she seemed much more concerned with what was happening in the schools than what was happening in my, in my home. Um, my kids are loved, very well cared for. And so she wasn't concerned. The case was closed. Um, they have to keep these cases open for 30 days. It was closed after those 30 days lapsed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was scary. Nonetheless, you know, when a child protective services agent shows up at your house, your initial thought is they're going to take my children away from me. It was very scary.
0: Right. I mean, they're bullies and I'm sure Adam, this is why a lot of parents, um, maybe don't go forward. We are afraid that they're going to come and take our children just for parenting now. What a culture that is, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to teach your children your your ideas and protect them and guide them, all of a sudden you've got Child Protective Services at your door?
1: Right. It, it's both that. And then, you know, there's also the the practical concern of, if you pull your kid out of, you know, a, a public school, where are you going to send your kid to school? Private mm-hmm. schools, a lot of the times cost a lot of money. Homeschooling requires right. a lot of different sacrifices. So it's also, you know, it's both kind of that fear of what's going to happen with my kid. And then it's also the the fear of, well, what mm-hmm. am I going to do? Um, mm-hmm. This is very hard to one step up and, you know, uh, sue your public school or speak out against your public school. Um, mm-hmm. it's another thing that to say, well, now I'm going to keep sending my kid here. So once you start speaking out, you really have to pull your kid out. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, very hard for people to do when the options are limited.
0: Right. Well, uh, let's talk just real quick too. Amber, were they calling your child by a different name? Were they transitioning her to a different bathroom? How far were they going with this, um, I guess, other identity at school, other gender identity at school.
2: Yeah, they were using uh, masculine pronouns and and calling her by a, a chosen masculine name as Again, well. You, you knew nothing about? Knew nothing, kn- knew none of this. And my daughter had come to me um, and told me she was non-binary uh, prior to this. And I, I found a community counselor for her and she was seeing the counselor through this but never was there a discussion about, um, I I wanna be a boy uh, and I want masculine pronouns and I wanna be called by this masculine name. I knew none of that. And the the breast binders absolutely knew nothing, nothing about the breast binders either. Uh, So yeah, it was very frustrating and not only that, but I had never even spoken to this social worker. He started at the school in September of 2022. So the beginning of the school year, uh, he gave these binders to her in October of 2022. He had met with her at most for two 30-minute sessions and one 10-minute check-in prior to giving these to her. And I still don't know, like, did you measure her for these chest binders because right. they're different sizes and, um, you know, it, it, what else did you discuss with her? I don't know right. any of that. Um, they won't release records to me. It was a, it, a very bizarre situation. I did place, uh, complaints on his social worker's license yeah. and they did have a hearing in April. So I placed a complaint in December. They finally had a hearing in, in April. And for the first time I actually laid eyes on this man sat in the same room as this man. And And it was, I had a very physical response to that. I found it very interesting that he refused to look me in the eyes. Um, It said a lot to me that he he couldn't, own if you're going to own what you did you you'd be able to look at me and he refused to look at me the Mm -hmm. licensing board did issue a letter of guidance so they did at least acknowledge that something that he did was inappropriate here um it's not a disciplinary action but it 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 felt good to me (laughs) that they at least acknowledged that uh the the care supposed care he provided to my child was not appropriate
0: yeah adam How inappropriate is this (laughs) to have a male counselor discussing a girl's breasts and how to bind them and hide them?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's, you know, very inappropriate. But even more than that, it's inappropriate for any school official to take affirmative steps that directly are going to affect the mental health or physical well-being of a child Absolutely. and not tell parents about those decisions, even just right. on a very much more basic level. Right. Um, the fact that that happened is inappropriate. It's you know constitutionally impermissible, and it's something that the school and the school board have stood behind um, since this happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, the Constitution is on the side of parents. So, uh, Amber, what did you do then? How did you end up over to the Goldwater Go Institute and – Talk about, uh, you know, bringing a case against the school or is it against the school? Is it against the counselor? Where are we at and and what is actually happening with this? Because this is a bold step.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a wild ride. I honestly (laughs) reached out to uh, an attorney, a a local attorney here in Maine. And he told me he couldn't take the case on. I think I reached out to seven more attorneys who also stated that they couldn't take this case on. I went back to the initial attorney that I reached out to and essentially begged him to take this case on. I was like, this is insane and it's not... For me, this is big—a bigger picture than just just my family. Like th- this is so impactful for for this country, and I really think that cases like this need to be brought forward mm-hmm. so that we start seeing change. So he agreed to take this case on. Eventually, the Goldwater Institute was brought in on this case, which was a beautiful thing. The attorney yeah. that agreed to take it on, he was reluctant because it just isn't his his realm of work generally speaking. And so it was really great that, that Adam and the team at, at Goldwater decided to jump on this case because they, this is their wheelhouse. This is what they do. So I feel very fortunate in some ways that I, I ended up connecting with, with the Goldwater Institute. Um, But it it was a helpless feeling for, for a while.
0: And I really didn't think I was going to find anybody who was going to be willing to take the case on. Mm -hmm. Look at this a mama's heart, not giving up, pushing forward you know when something's wrong you know yeah. you got to fix it adam uh the great salt uh, i, may, I may make sure i'm saying this the great salt bay community school district right that's the school district yes. yes insisted if i understand this correctly that the actions were not just lawful but they were required by state law is that true or is that just their interpretation
1: uh, that that's definitely the argument that they're making, um, okay. whether or not they're required by state law is um, really beside the point. Um, okay. What we do know is that their actions violated the Constitution. So even if their actions were in line with state law, that's that old law document comes, that just yep. keeps
0: coming back to haunt everybody.
1: It does. Um, fortunately, yes, um, so in a good is, way definitely so that's what that's what, what we're arguing in our lawsuit and i just you know i also want to commend amber for her bravery um you know we we you know we here at the goldwater institute you know always look up or uh, looking for parents just like amber who are brave enough to stand up and it takes quite a lot to be able to stand up to public school especially in such a small community when right. you know everyone knows each other and it takes a lot to be able to stand up and say what happened was it right and i i deserve um, you know, I deserve something for it. And, you know, I don't want this to happen to other kids and other families in the future. And that's, you know, really pray for Amber for, uh, really pray for Amber to do. And, you know, we're really happy and proud to represent her.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you. I know moms here, moms for America, were always kind of sending some information your way and moms that are yeah. fighting against the culture and pushing back against the leftist propaganda, um, I'd like to ask you, uh, Adam, just about these laws that you're seeing around the country. How are they um, circumventing parental rights in the schools? Um, is there like a, I'm sure there's a, a, a certain ones that keep popping up. Uh, can you give us some information on this, what we need to be aware of as moms um, and how they're doing this and how they're approaching it?
1: Yeah, for the most part, actually, it's not necessarily, you know, your typical state laws that you're thinking of. It's school board ordinances and school board policies that are setting out how um, school officials, especially school counselors, are going to deal with um, having transgender students. So, you know, if, if someone, if a student who comes in and says they identify as a different gender, how are you going to deal with the request for different pronouns, different names, different bathrooms, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then they also deal with, you know, how are we going to include or not include, um, unfortunately, a lot of times parents yeah. in those decisions. Yeah. Um, so it's really a, it's a really a school board okay. uh, level issue okay. with okay. a lot of times there is, you know guidance from the State Department of Education about how to um, apply what usually ends up being the state's non-discrimination law. So every state has certain non-discrimination laws. Um, And a lot of the times that the Department of Education Um, In lots of different ways when it comes to, you know, disabilities, when it comes to, um, you know, women in general have guidance for how schools should implement um, the state's non-discrimination law. And they've now issued those types of guidances for how non-discrimination law applies to transgender students and how schools should adopt policies that um, deal with, you know, general issues that commonly come up with transgender students. So that's really what it is, but it usually is these school board level policies um, that dictate how, uh, how these interactions are going to happen.
0: Yeah. So school board policies. Again, this is why our moms all across the country are going to school boards, speaking up letting their voice be heard this is why moms and dads are running for school board seats all across the country because these policies matter in our communities and with our children um amber right now um you are are you in the middle of this what is the update with the with the lawsuit
2: yeah uh we are currently Adam is probably a better person to answer this, but we're currently waiting to hear back from the courts, I believe, um, from the school's motion to dismiss. Is that accurate, mm-hmm. Adam?
1: Yeah. So this the school filed motion to dismiss, which, you know, is very common in civil okay. rights cases and civil litigation so we very much expected that to happen so we filed our motion um we filed the motion opposing that motion they filed a reply um okay. which is just you know how these things go and now it's in the hands of the judge um and we're confident that the judge is you know going to take a look and um you know evaluate all arguments um and we are prepared for whatever outcome um whatever outcome happens to continue fighting for uh amber's rights and for the you know the general rights of parents and we are prepared whether it's you know whether the motion's denied, and we go forward into discovery, or whether the motion is granted, and we go up on appeal. You know, we're we're prepared for the outcome, and now it. we're we're ready. And it's just in the hands of the judge. And um, you know, hopefully within sometime within the next thirty to ninety days, we'll have an answer. Um, but you know, we're confident the judge is going to you know take this take this motion seriously and take our argument seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. Amber, what uh, words of advice do you have for moms that are listening? Because I know that there are a lot of moms that are dealing with similar situations in their home, in their school, in their community. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you tell to the mamas that are listening? Because I think this is so important when you've got a mom that found the strength to rise up, go against it, take her, her daughter out, school her, help her and push against, um, push against it all, Mm
2: -hmm. you know? First and foremost, uh, pay attention. Public schools are not the public schools you and I attended when we were young. Um, And I made the mistake of believing that the adults that my daughter was dealing with in her school were were. Good people and so pay attention walk through the hallways of of your schools pay attention to you know there's a lot of of ideology just peppered on a lot of these schools walls they had a poster hanging in a local school that had gender ideology terminology on it and one of the terms on this poster in a local high school was breeder And the definition of breeder was something to the effect of cisgendered, a a term referring to cisgendered couples or something to that effect. So grossly inappropriate for, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's inappropriate. It's derogatory. First of all, does not belong in a, in a high school. It's, it's insane. So pay attention, be prepared to take your kids out of these public schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Charter schools exist. Maine is kind of tricky because they put a limit on the number of charter schools that they allow. If you can homeschool, do it, but find ways to also get your kids active in some sort of social environment uh, because they can't live in a vacuum and they can't just get their social entertainment online. Um, and speaking of online restrict 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 they don't need to be on social my my children are not they've never been allowed social media accounts it blows my mind that you know your kids can download an application and make it look like a calculator on their phone um so restrict and get them outside reconnect them to nature nature is so therapeutic and we forget um, being outside and moving our bodies, how impactful that can be to our mental health. Uh, so those are just a few suggestions. Also, if you find yourself in this situation, connect with other parents, um, that are going through this. I, um, you had a guest, lovely woman, January, little John, I've connected Mm -hmm. with, with January several times when I was really in the thick of this and she really, kind of helped to carry me through this mess because she was a couple of years ahead of me. Um, she gave me some wonderful advice. Sasha Ayad, who's a wonderful counselor out of Texas, runs a great um, group for parents um, of, of kids who um, most specifically are experiencing rapid onset gender dysphoria. She has been a, a lovely resource. And just connecting with parents in that group who are dealing with this, It's invaluable in those moments where I'm sitting up at night and I can't sleep and I'm losing my actual mind. And I go onto this group and just have a conversation with another mom. It, it brings you back down to reality and, uh, lets you know you're not alone because it, it feels like you're sitting on an overwhelming Yourself, It is overwhelming. So, uh, that's a little bit of advice I can give. It's, it's tricky these days, um, but get active in your schools, pay attention to what's going on. um, And, and remember that you do have power. And if you find yourself in this situation, speaking up, like you, you may not find support from, from everybody, but you'll find support in the most unlikely places. Um, And so I've, I've discovered that, that it's there. And your voice is important. I know so many people who are like, well, I can't speak out my job, my, this, my, this, um, this is bigger than, than that. And if people don't
0: stand up and speak out, our kids are going to continue to be hurt. So True. And we do have so much information from the public school exit to homeschooling, to how to run for school board, to approaching your school board, to gender issues with your children. And we have all of this. And this is what we do at Moms for America. We really do want to come along. Moms all across the country, help support them, let them know that they can go to the Goldwater Institute, that they can speak up at their school, that they can homeschool, that they can. There are so many options now, right? Right the The world is a different place. We've had to respond, and we are. So, what what advice to, uh, would you give, um, Adam? I know we had such great advice from Amber, but I know that you're seeing cases like this all across the country. And um, just just your your words of advice and um, what you would say to the mamas.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely echo what Amber said. It's just really pay attention. The public schools of today are not the yes. public schools of 20, 30 years ago. Right. Um, you know, one main benefit of of COVID was everyone was home and people really started paying attention and had to look and see yeah. what their kids were, were learning. Um, and I think that's, you know, been a, a big benefit of that. Um, and then just, you know, be willing to stand up and push back. It's hard, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of bravery, but the more parents um stand That's up right. and push back and say this isn't going to happen this isn't going to happen on my watch the more school boards are going to start realizing oh wait a second maybe we've maybe we've gone too far mm-hmm. um when no one's, when no <laughs> one's pushing be nice? back yeah. that would be nice but when no one's pushing back um you know, they just no keep one's going to- they exactly. just There's- keep
0: going no nobody's keep- holding them accountable nobody's asking for transparency they just keep going i just can't believe they keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it is shocking it is absolutely it
1: shocking. Is, it is shocking. So you know, parents stand up for it, um, and you know, we at Goldwater are here to help. There are other organizations that are here to help, but really, yeah, this wonderful. is a parent. This is a parent-driven movement, um, and the more parents stand up and push back, the more school boards are going to start realizing that they uh, that they have limits, to what they can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Amber, are you homeschooling the whole tribe now? What what does your family look like now? Because this has been quite the upsetting the apple cart and kudos to you for just taking it, you know, taking the the bulls by the, by the horn and just saying, you know what, I'm taking my kids back and goodbye schools.
2: You know, I'm super fortunate. I'm a business owner and not everybody could just in that moment would have been able to make the decision right. that I made. So thankfully, my my two youngest are preschool age, they're two and four. And my, my fiance, when we bought our business in 2018, he became a stay at home dad. Primarily, he does a little bit of work here and there for our business. And I went to work. And so we, we had a family unit kind of set up in a way that though it did impact us we we were able to just kind of dive into it uh, my daughter started coming to work with me every day mm-hmm. and she had her own little office <laughs> <She> <laughs> would do her schoolwork in her office and I was yeah. in my office we would have lunch together um, and just like kind of connect right. I am concerned like for what the future holds, my daughter's going into high school next year. And, you know, do I continue to homeschool? Do I, the high school is a a different school. Do I send her there and just be hyper vigilant? It is very hard to see how sad she is not being with her friends. Um, And then my two youngest, like, what do I do? I will not send them to to this K through eight school that my daughter had such a horrible experience with. but thankfully i have options um yeah. i i really do feel really fortunate in in the life that i've been handed and the life that i've worked pretty hard for and so i i have options i don't know what school will look like for my 2 and 4 year old i don't know if i'll still be in this community i'm I'd be, right. i what the said holds. that. Right. yeah um I, i've considered leaving this i've called this beautiful state of maine home for 38 lovely years and i love maine but, uh, we've considered m- moving. We've become, we, we joke that we've become the California of the East coast. Um, it really has, has gotten pretty yucky up here in Maine. And so we've, we've considered moving. So things are kind of up in the air, which for me is a beautiful thing. I, I thrive on chaos and <laughs> the unknown. So it's good for me. Um, and luckily my younger two kids don't really feel too much of that mm-hmm. chaos. Uh, so so yeah, I don't have a solid answer for that. Um things are kind, kind of up in the air, but I hope we can push forward and uh win this case. I think it will
0: it I will trade for a victory change. for you. Yes. Yeah. And this is just in closing, this is what we have to do as moms. We just have to figure out what's going to work for our family. And there are so many options now and you may move and you don't know, you may have a, a community rise up and say, we're going to do, um, you know, co-opting of, of homeschooling yeah. and created there's, yeah. I mean, I'm at events all the time and you not believe what these moms are putting together, yeah. They're putting together little schools and communities mm. and little pods and creating all kinds of options. And so who knows what the future holds. We just know that our children are a top priority. The school is not going to raise them. They are not going to dismiss us as parents and when they do we get involved and we go to Goldwater Institute we rise up in the community and we say no enough is enough so thank you Goldwater for what you're doing would you please tell everybody thank you over there for Moms for America too
1: oh we we definitely will and thank you for all the work that you do thank you for having us on and definitely thank you to Amber for being you know brave enough to stand up yeah
0: Thank you, Amber, for being a, a warrior. We love you, warrior mamas. And we know it's not easy, but we are here behind you praying for you and um, just really lifting up the moms all across the country that are dealing with issues like this. They're, well, they're courageous. Thank
2: you. thank you for 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 the work you do because you're really lifting, lifting moms up. You're one of those resources people go to when they're feeling desperate and helpless. And so um, I, I appreciate the work you do connecting people. Um, yeah. It's important. Community is important right now.
0: Community and support. We're not alone. So that's what we do here. So thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate your time here today and sharing the story and uh, keeping us up to date on it because there's hope. Thank
2: you.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Yes, unfortunately, we continue to hear stories like this all across the country, but moms are rising up. And again, thank you to the Goldwater Institute for taking up this case and uh, defending parents' parental rights. Boy, mamas aren't going to stand for this, no way. All righty, so I talked a little bit about some of the information and the support that we give moms all across the country. Um, One of them is our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. Uh, This is 12 Lessons on Liberty, and America's Heritage. And um, just, it's one of those really good ways of connecting in your community because you can have moms over at any time to go through these lessons. And then when you work through those lessons, you teach those principles to your children about America's heritage and about the liberties that we have and the freedoms that we are just so divinely um, given as a blessing here in America. So go ahead, check out all our resources. And we do have a lot of information on public school exit, running for school board and all of these cultural issues that are uh, pertaining to our families and our children. So please go ahead and check us all out at MomsForAmerica.us. All right, moms, we say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home, right there in your home, and that you, mama, you are the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful. It's because moms, moms like Amber, they're courageous and they're fighting for their children and their families. Mamas are going to help save America. Amen, amen. All righty, please join us next week for another inspiring and informational type of discussion for moms just like you. We want to invite you back next week. We do want you sharing this podcast with your mom friends. So please do that. We'll see you back here next week. And moms, remember, we are changing our world one home at a time. Thanks again for joining us.